woke up and were preparing, getting ready for uh, to come out here and to to get stuff set up and have church with us, with you guys this morning. And uh, my daughter wakes up, and the first thing, she's all grouchy. And I share these stories often with my kids, right? And you guys heard me saying so many. I mean, and I share them because, honestly, like, we know our kids are no different than your kids. Like, seriously. And, and if so, and if we're, you know, my kids just have some really deep discipline issues, and you, you've never gone through any of these stuff, then please pull my wife and I aside. We are humble enough to say, teach us, let us grow, because we want that, right? So please. Um, but anyway, my children, my daughter wakes up this morning, the first thing out of her mouth was, you know, mommy, 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 right? Ten times, mommy, mommy, and then, where's my chocolate milk? I want chocolate milk. I want chocolate milk, right? And like, good morning. And then my son comes out, and he's walking out, and he's dragging it, and he has a fresh cut, and he's like, you know, Danny cut my hair, Danny cut my hair. Danny, Pastor Danny is a barber as well, he does it all, all right, and he cuts his hair, so he's excited, and then my daughter, the oldest one, is just, you know, just getting out of bed, you know, how the oldest is all the time, right, kind of like the last one up, last one out, but, um, so Emily just continues on, and man, it's just, it hit me, I'm like, Emily, mom just woke up as well, we're getting ready, she does not exist to serve you. Like, just give her a second, right? But then it hit me, man, isn't that the way kind of we are? Like, we, we, it's, it's natural for us to want things to be done for us, right? To be served, to be served. And so our value, I don't know if you guys know, but one of the values of Swerve Church is this. We are spiritual contributors, not spiritual consumers. That we don't simply go to the church, but we are the church, and we exist for the world. And so today we are in this series, week five, and we're calling this series, this, this uh, title today, A Place to Serve. The home as a place to serve. But the truth is, man, and maybe you came in today expecting to receive something, and we pray that you do receive. But what we want to engrave in our DNA as we see is the DNA of the church is that we don't exist just to come in to gather and to get things and to consume, but to give. But to give. And so today, if you're visiting with us, I hope and pray that you feel welcomed. We're not expecting anything out of you but to just come in and to chill and feel at home. But those of you who call Swerve home, man, we want to begin to learn and to grow that, hey, we exist to serve one another, to serve our God, right, and to serve one another. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. How is this a place to serve? How is this a place to serve? How does the church operate in our relationship with God and serving God, our Father? And then how do we operate then in serving one another? Serving not only inside our walls and serving one another, but we also want to be aware of how then we can go out and serve the world, serve our community, serve those in our workplaces and in our buildings and in our neighborhood. And what we've been focusing in on is Acts chapter 2. Throughout this series, we're going to be in Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 45, and I'm going to go ahead and read the entire, uh, those five verses. So if you have your Bibles, awesome, open it up to Acts chapter 2. If you don't have your Bibles, the uh, scripture should be in your notes today. So if you're visiting and you came in and inside your bulletin notes, we already mentioned the connection card, but you'll also find your notes today. We love to provide them for you if you're a note taker, just to kind of keep you involved and keep you kind of awake as we go through today's uh, sermon, as, as we go through today's message. It's there for you to copy, to write down our uh, points today. So Acts chapter 2, verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. Now all the believers were together and held all things in common. Verse 45. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as any had need. 
Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple and broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. Amen. Amen. Our key verse for today is verse 45. I'm going to repeat verse 45. They sold their possessions and property and distributed all the proceeds to all as any had need. We're going to focus in and zoom in on verse 45 today. And before we go there, we continue moving forward. I just want to pause and lead us in prayer this morning as we get into today's word. Father, we thank you, God, for waking us up this morning. God, we thank you for life, Father. We thank you for the the beauty to gather together, Lord. And we do not, Lord, take this day, take this moment, this opportunity to open your word with brothers and sisters and friends and family, God, gathered together, Lord. It is is a beautiful thing. And God, we anxiously, we, we excitingly, Lord, look into your word, Lord, longing to learn more of you, God. And so I pray and we pray together, God, you reveal who you are, Lord. And in revealing who you are, God, you reveal something about ourselves, Lord, and our need for you, God. And so, Father, I pray you be glorified, Lord, in this time. Whatever's of you, let it grow. What's not of you, let it quickly die. God, we give you the glory. We give you the honor. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So this is the big idea for today. It's in your bulletins. Um, The big idea. If there's anything I want you to walk away with and memorize, it's this. Here's the big idea. Serving one another. And the community is part of the church's DNA. All right, let me say that again. Serving one another and serving our community is part of the church's DNA. All right, it's part of what makes us a church, the family, a family that serves together, stays together. You guys saw that on our Facebook post. A family that serves together, stays together. It's in our DNA. It's part of what is the church, what makes up the church. And, and it's not a particular, particular church in a particular area or part of the world. It's not a specific people within the church, but it is the church. It is the DNA of each and every one of us as we make up the church, right? And if our understanding of the church is biblical and we understand the church is not just a building, it's not the building, but that we are the church, right? The saints who have proclaimed Christ as Lord and Savior, who has experienced new life, who has experienced the forgiveness of Christ in their life, we are the church. And so with that understanding, it is our DNA, right, to serve one another. And if that's the DNA, then here's the big question. How does that flesh out, Right? What would it look like for us, for the church, to flesh out this idea? I want you to dream with me on that a little bit. It's been the dream of One Hope, of, of, of Swerve Church. It's the dream of One Hope. It's a, it's a dream that we have that we would actually flesh that out. What would it look like for us as a church, Swerve? For each and every one of us to flesh out what it is to serve one another, to outdo one another in love, as scripture tells us, to go deep in our relationships with one another. What if that was who we are? Like, literally, like, that's our makeup. It came natural to us. It's something that we, we long to do. Our community, how would a community then look? How will our community look? What impact will that have on Bushwick? I want you to think about that. What type of environment? How would coming home and gathering together at Swerve feel? What would the vibe be like? If that was part of who, if, if we fleshed that out and we longed and loved to serve one another. And you hear me say, man, the church is beautiful. But as I said, man, the church can get messy, right? Because what is the church made of? We are the church and we have a bunch, we have history, right? Each and every one of us, there's, there's a lot of ugliness that we bring to the family, right? There's a lot of attitude that we bring to the family, Right? Each of one of us has, has experienced a, a radical love of God, and, and it's beautiful, but yet it's 
ugly and messy and his habits and his unrealistic expectations that we had. And so it can be difficult to serve. It can be difficult to serve our brothers and sisters. And if it's difficult to serve one another, and it's really difficult to serve those outside of our, our home. So how do we do this? And this, this series, we're looking at the early church, and I think it benefits us from looking back, right? To look back at the beginnings of the church and to learn from that church, to learn how does being a home, a place to serve, how did the early church do that? What we read is that you see that they had a radical, they, they were radical in their service to one another. It says they sold all their possessions, right, and property, and they distributed the proceeds to all as any had need. And a side note here, remember verse 42 that we read, it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. It means that they were committed to the teachings of the apostles. And the teachings of the apostles, they taught what was passed on from Jesus, what they learned from Jesus himself. And so the apostles were devoted to Jesus' teaching, and the early church was devoted to that teaching. And so it's important for us to kind of keep that in mind as we learn from the early church. And so what's the first thing that we can learn from the early church and how they served? In your notes, the very first point is that we will serve selflessly and without hesitation. So you can go ahead and fill that in in your notes. We will serve selflessly and without hesitation. It's easy to serve, right, when it doesn't cost us anything, right, or when the cost is very minimum. But serving others becomes really difficult when it really costs something. And I was challenged with that, 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 that question today, with this question. Am I willing to serve when it really costs me something? How quick am I to serve or meet the need of, of, of my brothers and sisters or those outside of my, my home when it will cost me something? Does it come second nature to me? And I want you to ask that very same question to yourself. Is, is it easy for you to serve when it costs you something? Right, as a church, let's ask ourselves as a church, do we swerve, serve selflessly and without hesitation? You know, there was this young family who um, were, were young, they had a baby girl, a little, little baby girl, just born. They were a young family living off of one income, and uh, very low income. And this was their first child, and they were off to church, and, and they didn't have much in the fridge at home, and they didn't have much in their bank account. And so they, their daughter needed some diapers, and they needed to go pick up a few things for, for home to eat. And so that morning, they didn't really have anything to make for breakfast, and they're on their way to church. And you know, they're just trying to figure things out as they're driving to church and crossing the Verrazano Bridge because they were going to Staten Island. That's where they met with their brothers and sisters. That's where they gathered for worship. And, and they were on their way, and they were just, man, in the car just bawling and, 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 and asking, well, what, what are we going to do? How is this ever going to get any easier? Is it ever going to get any better? Is this, is this now normal for us? This is going to be the struggle that we're going to have to go through each and every day of our lives. And then as our daughter gets older, are we ever going to be able to provide and and they're, they're going and they pass through McDonald's, pass by McDonald's, and they want to stop at McDonald's because they're hungry, but they can't. And they understand, they realize, man, they, they need to hold off, get to church, and figure things out afterwards. And so they get to church, and this particular day, the pastor begins to preach and talk about husbands, and, and he calls the husbands down, and he invites any husband who's living in fear and in need of prayer. So this young man, his husband, who's, who, who, who's broken, ends up going to the front, and he kneels down, and, and, and elders and the pastors surround him, and lay hands on him, and they pray, and they cry together. And they're praying, and they're crying. And then afterwards, shortly after service, this couple's approached by, by a few people from the church. And within that time, from the moment he prayed to 
just when they're about to leave. An envelope is handed to them, and it's $200 for them to provide for food or whatever they needed. This, is, this, this, is, this was me and my wife. This is a struggle that we've gone through, but we experienced the love of a church, a family, that selflessly, that without hesitation, knew that there was a need and the importance of laying hands and praying, but the importance of going out and just meeting that need physically. And it was a beautiful t- testimony for my wife and I as we, we, we hold on to that and we commit, man, that's the type of people we want to be. That's what the church is called to be, to serve one another. And the early church set that precedent that whenever there was someone with need, they went to great lengths to sacrifice, even altered their lifestyles, right, and gave up in order to meet the needs that were amongst them. And so the question is, Swerve Church, if we're going to operate as a family, family biblically, then we are to serve selflessly and without hesitation to meet some needs in our family. In fact, we're only following the example of Christ himself. What did Christ himself say about serving others? It's recorded this way by Mark in the book of Mark. For even the Son of Man, this is Jesus, even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. The example set by Jesus is one of selfless sacrifice. He was clear in his mission that he did not come to be served, but to serve. And the ultimate way that he served us is by laying down his life, right, as a sacrifice for our sins. And now, church, if we are going to live by this example, right, then we are living by the example of servant leadership. A life that's not looking to be served, but a life that's looking for every opportunity, just like our Savior, to serve. In Luke 22, verse 27, Jesus says, For who is greater, the one who is at the table or the one serving? Someone at the table. But I am among you as the one who serves. Again, servant leadership. Our freedom was purchased by the price that he paid, and so now we are called to follow in that example. And I don't want us to miss that. This is the heartbeat of our faith. This is what sets Christianity apart from any faith, any other religion, is that our God did not come to be served. He doesn't need your service. He doesn't need our service. Like, that blows our mind, right? We come and we're so programmed. God, I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to do that. I'm setting up church. But God does not need your service. He doesn't lack in anything. He doesn't need man to to serve him in order for him to be glorified. He is self-sufficient. And he is supremely glorious no matter whether or not we serve him or not. He will always be glorious. He doesn't need our service. For his glory to shine. In fact, he actually glorifies himself in serving. Guys, that is like whew, awesome. Right? That our God came to serve. That Jesus came down in human flesh, coming after you, not so that you can serve him, but so that he can serve you. Jesus comes after you, not so that you, you can do stuff for him but so that he can serve you. He doesn't need your help. He wants to help you. He doesn't need your help, but he's coming to help you. And that requires humility, right, to say, man, I'm, I, Lord, hands up, right? God, you, you, you've come to serve me. You've come to, to serve and so in, in obedience. And well, all you require now is my obedience. And, and so in that response to that is this. It's not, hey, kick up my feet and let God do all things, right? But it's, it's a, a radical love that requires our obedience. He says to serve him now, 
to serve his children, to serve in obedience, to come and to love and to bring others into this amazing family. Second in our notes, we need to learn from the early church is that family will serve the needs of those around us. Serve the needs around you. Again, they sold possessions and property and distributed all the proceeds to any as, as any had need. It was the instinct of the early church that now that they've experienced the love and forgiveness of Christ, that they will look to serve the needs around them as any had need. They understood this, that they were not, ser- they were not saved to be served, but we are saved for serving. We're not saved to be served, but we are saved for serving. In Galatians 5.13, says this, for, we, for you were called to be free, brothers and sisters. Only do not use this freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but serve one another through love. See, we can first serve the needs around us because we were first served by Christ and set free by him. But without being set free from Christ, this is, what, this is why serving becomes really difficult for us. Because it doesn't, again, come naturally. For us, it's something that, you know, we do if we can gain something from it. Maybe even if it's just recognition, right? Like even if it's just recognition, sometimes that's all it is. But we, we serve and it, it's, it's for something. But, but how about serving with nothing in return? How about just serving the needs around us because there's a need there? Well, we, it's, it's difficult for us to do that unless we've experienced the, 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 the radical love of our God. Unless we've experienced something supernatural from God. It's by the grace of God that we can experience freedom from our own hurts, from our own pain and our own sufferings, that we can experience that. And then we can in turn offer the helping hand to others around us. But that's why, that's why the church is so important. Like, listen, man, cult distribution, any organization can do that and do it well. And it's needed. We need organizations that are even non, you know, uh, non-Christian organizations that go out there and serve and love the community. And that's awesome and that's great and it's needed. But church, we have something greater. That in our service, there's something more deeper than just meeting the physical needs. But that we are able to meet the real need of the heart. And this is why it's so important that we as a church don't leave this to the world. Don't leave this to, to, to all these other corporations. But that we take First place in that, that we are out there, that we make it known that we will serve our community, that we will serve one another because it is the message of Christ that we have that will truly set people free. Because we've experienced the forgiveness of Christ, now we can offer that service to the community that goes deeper than just the physical need. And why do we do this? What is the motive behind this? Love is the motive of our service. Love is. Look with me in Philippians 2. Love was the motive of Jesus. In Philippians 2, verses 3 and 4, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility consider others as more important than yourselves. Everyone should look not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. kind of want to read verses 5 through 8 as well, if you can bear with me. It's not in your notes. Verse 5, adapt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus who existing in the form of God did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the, obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. See, it was love that motivated our God to come, to leave his place on heaven, to leave his place on the throne, to empty himself, to come down and to make himself whole here with us, to live with us, to serve, to die. 
so that you and I can have a relationship with, the, with God the Father and in relationship with one another. It's the love that motivated our King and our God, and it's love that motivates our service. And our last point today is that we will serve with gladness. We will serve with gladness. We know that the service of the early church was marked with gladness because we read in verse 47 as it includes with them eating joyfully and sincere hearts. They were praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people, it says in verse 47. And we talked about this last week, right, how we can have fun in church and that there should be joy in our service and there should be joy as we gather together. It's a joyful thing. Psalm 100 verse 1 and 2 says, when we serve the Lord, it says, let the whole earth shout triumphantly to God. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Serve the Lord with gladness. Let me ask a question. When you serve, when you serve, are you serving in boredom? Are you bored when you serve? Right? Is it boring? That's not pleasing to God. Is it done out of obligation? Like, uh, I have a title now, responsibility. Pastor expects me here at 9.30 now. If that's the way you serve, then, man, it's not really pleasing to the Lord. But our serving should be done with gladness. The psalmist is clear there, right? Our service ought to bring, be done with gladness. Our hearts should leap with joy as we have the opportunity to serve God and to serve brothers and sisters, to serve community. It should spring up within us a joyful song. And this was fleshed out by the early church. And it was love as their motive. They served one another right there. And they served those outside of the home as well. It's a beautiful church. It's a beautiful picture. But Swerve, this is not just a beautiful picture, a beautiful family that was God's design for the church 2,000 years ago. This is not some old-fashioned idea. This is still God's design for the church today. And we must operate in this way today. And I want to pray and I want to ask Swerve, can we be that church let us serve one another and serve our community by the grace of God. Because after all, right, it was God himself who looked down on us and looked down on our rebellion and our sinfulness. And he looks down with us, at us with love. 2 Corinthians 5.21, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God. You know what that means? That he looks at you and I. And he no longer sees our sinfulness, but he sees Christ. And when he looks at his son Jesus, he sees us. Guys, that is amazing. That we, through the righteousness of Christ, have a relationship with Christ. That God the Father looks at us perfect and spotless. It's not based on what you and I have done or can do or will ever do. It's nothing will ever, will ever match up. And, and, and will never ever equal the holiness and the supreme glory of our God the Father. But it's only that of the spotless, righteous Lamb of Christ. And that through his blood we have been saved. John 3.16 verses, John 3.16 through 18, for God loved the world in this way. He gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And anyone who believes in him is not condemned, but anyone who does not believe is already condemned because he has not believed in the name of the one and only Son of God. 
Bible calls us to repent, which means to turn from our sins, to turn from your way in a direction that's heading opposite of the direction towards God. And he's saying, man, swerve. That's what our name comes from, swerve. We want to see a radical change in someone's life that's heading in the direction of hopelessness to the direction of hope in Christ. And this calls, the Bible calls us to repent, to repent, to confess of our needs, to confess of our sins, and to say, Jesus, you are Lord and you are Savior. And so the invitation today is just that. As we reflect on how our God came to serve us, that we will in turn serve one another. And we will do that in gladness as we serve him. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, God, for this time and your word, Lord. And God, it is our prayer, Father, that we will flesh this out. God, Lord, as a young church, it's our prayer that, God, we will get it right. Lord, that we will serve you, Lord, with gladness. With awe, Father, that we get to serve Almighty God. And we do so, God, because you came and you served us and you loved us and you continue to shower your love over us, God. So, Father, let our response to that be one of obedience, so that one of humbleness and one that, that lays down and, and confesses, that, God, we need you. We want you, Father, as, as our king, Lord. May you reign in this church, God, and reign in our hearts so that we in turn can love one another, God. We can serve our community, God. We can serve with excellence, Lord, God. We can serve, Father, with love. Just for your glory, God. For your glory. And so, Father, I pray that you would help us to do that, Lord. We thank you and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.